How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Station. It's like Christmas morning. You know, players you, you worked hard on and, and your staff worked hard on. Uh, you finally get to see him, you know, in a, with a Bears helmet on and move around. And it's always an exciting day. What's up? Welcome back into Score Overnight. I am Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. That was the voice of Bears general manager Ryan Poles, who was a guest on the Molly and Haw show recently and talking about uh, the, the Christmas morning reference was to the start of rookie camp. And just like that, we are on to OTAs for the Bears this week, organized training activities. And uh, I will be out at Hallis Hall tomorrow reporting for Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score on the Bears as uh, they let the media in to watch and talk to Matt Eberflus. And another round of, let's just call it discovery. It is Bears discovery because we get a little bit more every time on what Ryan Poles is thinking, what Matt Eberflus's real philosophies are, what Luke Getze's offense might look like, what Alan Williams wants to accomplish as the defensive coordinator. It's just a little bit of discovery. We try to piece it together because nobody really knows what, the, the way Ryan Poles wants to build this team and what he truly values. I mean, we could all follow the breadcrumbs and the dots and see that he's blasting off the payroll from the roster and is bringing in sort of mid-level to lower-level free agents to fill a roster and just let it fly this year and then build it back up the following year or even in two years down the road. That's what it looks like now. But the discovery will continue this week with OTAs. 
out at Hallis Hall. Baseball-wise, the Yankees beat the White Sox 5-1. to one. Yanks take three of four from the South Siders. The Sox have a five-game series opening up in the Kansas City tonight. At last check, the Sox had not named a starter. I know that Kansas City is going with Brad Keller of the 270 ERA. So that's the way the series will start for the, the White Sox and Royals tonight. The Cubs, after a 3-2 series-winning victory yesterday against Arizona, Coming on back to Chicago, they will host Pittsburgh tonight at 6.40, 6.05 pregame right here on the score. And um, I do not know the pitching matchups for that game, but I will certainly look and see if they have named those as of yet. So that's the baseball story. A couple of game sevens in the NBA. It was Boston over Milwaukee, 109-81. to The Bucks are out, and Boston advances on to play Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Dallas, oh, my God, they just – pummeled phoenix in phoenix 123 to 90 and dallas will play golden state in the western conference finals one of the more intriguing prospects for the bears rookie wise this year in their rookie class is edge rusher dominic robinson because he was converted from a wide receiver in college at miami of ohio to a wide receiver and he jumped on the score with mully and hall recently and here's what that sounded like the aforementioned Dominic Robinson, and we are delighted to welcome him to the program. He joins us now on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dominic, good morning. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. Well, we're pumped up to talk to you because we've decided that you're the most intriguing prospect uh, out of the draft for the Bears this year. <laughs> And you haven't even done anything yet. It's just the changing of the positions that is absolutely amazing. And oh, yeah. let me make sure I can. So you started out as a quarterback, right? You were a good high Correct. school quarterback. And you go to college, Correct. and then you realize, hey, you know, I'll get more playing time at receiver. And then right. you take a photo with a buddy of yours from Akron, and, you're, and somebody <laughs> says, look at you look like him. Your body shape. Why don't you just become a defensive end? Was it Put as simple defense. as that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of how it went. That's how it started, rather. Yeah. So, Dominic, we hear a lot about the defensive mentality. You came in as a quarterback. You said switch to a receiver. You go to rush the passer. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you started a game. You were a rotational player. How hard is it? Or are you still in the process of adopting that defensive mentality that's required to rush the quarterback? Uh, personally, I've always had a defensive mentality. I'm, I'm a very aggressive player when I'm on the field. Um, I played safety in high school. So, you know, being able to play defense, I played uh, defense all of my life as well until I got to high school and I was forced to just play quarterback. But I've always had a defensive mentality, you know. Um, it was just – you know, learning how to rush a passer was a little different than playing safety, of course. But once I got it, you know, I think rushing a passer was the easiest part of uh, being a, de a defensive line at that time when I moved over. It was learning how to defend the run. I was a little harder. But, you know, once I got that, it got really easy. And and you watched television. You watched Chase Young on TV and you thought, hey, I could do that. Is it that simple? Yeah, it was crazy because I'm like, I was having that, that 2019 season. I wasn't having the season I wanted. And um, I'm just sitting back and I'm like, what can I do, you know? And I knew I was a bigger guy. I was kind of quick. 
like I said, I uh, went. We played at Akron. You know, Jamal Davis was went to the same high school I went to. We, you know, took a photo, and now I got my boys in my ear. Like, hey, you can play defensive end. The, the D line coach was already trying to get me in the room since I had got there, so I had already had you know all that in the back of my head. And then I see Chase Young running around people, and I'm like, he makes it seem so easy. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, if I can't do something close to that, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> So, Dominic, you grow up and you play at McKinley High School in Canton, Ohio. So you grow up in the shadow of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're drafted by a team in the franchise in the Chicago Bears that is a charter franchise of the NFL. What is your sense and appreciation for football history? I would imagine that kids growing up in Canton have, a, have an appreciation for what it is that you're accomplishing now. Man, football in, in Canton is everything. I hate it's when I tell you that that high school it brings a lot of people through for coaching, uh, students transferring in like football. Football means a lot in the city, and um, we definitely don't take it for granted. You know, I, I kind of it's funny because a lot of people ask me like, "You right there next to the Hall of Fame?" It's like honestly, like it gets to the point where I'm like, "Man, the Hall of Fame is just another building." Because we've been there a few times, you know. We don't hype it up as much, but for people who looking in, it's like, man, you live right. Like you, you can go to the Hall of Fame anytime you want. So it's 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 cool. So when you think of yourself as a, you know, you're obviously a great athlete to be able to move different positions. Do you think of yourself as a defensive end? Have you reached the point where you dream like a defensive end, whatever the hell that means? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely at that point. And I was at that point. So when I moved from wide receiver, when I moved from quarterback to wide receiver, when I would watch film of myself, I didn't look like a wide receiver. It took me a while. Like, it took me almost a year and a half for me to look at film and be like, man, I look like a wide receiver. I move. I break down like a wide receiver. Like, But when I moved to DN, I immediately, like, that first time that I watched tape, I was like, man, this is perfect. Like, I literally looked. Like I'm supposed to be doing this, and that's when I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm me. Like this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be at." You know, so you get the call and you wait till the fifth round, and I know that it probably was later than you wanted to wait, but you get the call from the Bears and Ryan Poles, the general manager, and certainly gives the phone to Matt Eberflus. Now, Matt Eberflus was a Mid-American Conference linebacker as well from Toledo. How long yep, before yep. he dropped that into the conversation to help kind of break the ice? <laughs> It was pretty. It was pretty quick. Uh, yeah, they, you know, congratulated me. Said, you know, excited to have you. Love the talent. And then he was like, you know, I, I was vouching for you. You know, I'm a Toledo guy myself. And you know, so it was. I, 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 I like that he threw that in there. So, so what was it like when you texted Chuck Martin the first time and said, "Hey, I want to come talk to you." What what was that? What, did he just embrace that? Did he say, "Are you out of your mind"? What what happened when you initially made that move to the end? Oh man, it was. He embraced it. So when I texted him, like I was, I was. When I tell you we won the MAC championship, I was going to wait until after the after our bowl game to text both my coaches, D line coach or the wide receiver coach and Chuck Coach Martin. But um, I didn't play much. I I could count on my one hand how many reps that I played in that MAC championship game and I was so hot and angry <laughs> that I was like I can't let this go any for, any further so I texted him like two or three days after and he was fine with it you know went in there and met and I told him what I wanted to do he was like oh man like 
I think that's perfect. Like he 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 liked the move. So it was either he said he was either he was also going to think about moving me to H back. But at that time, our the H back was leaving, but the H back really didn't get the ball much. So I would have been in the same position that I would have been in at wide receiver. So, but he 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 liked the move. Well, he liked the move, but at the, I talked to a coach who who kind of knows the story a little bit, and he said that at that point Chuck Martin was almost afraid that you were going to meet with him to transfer because he was worried <laughs> about your state of mind. Is that the case? Because he was almost relieved you weren't transferring, so whatever you wanted, he was like, great, as long as you're staying. I definitely think he thought I was going to transfer. Uh, I, like I said, I'm 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 a very loyal person. Uh, Miami was my only offer. Coach Martin gave me my only offer coming out of college. I, you know, and I felt that he gave me my only shot to to do what I do what I wanted to do. So why would I up and leave and trade on somebody who gave me my only time, my over my only uh, opportunity? You've been described as a one-move pass rusher. In other words, you're you're kind of a speed guy that you just you operate with pure athletic ability. How much are you learning the position? Have you been breaking down any tape? Are coaches talking to you? Are you what what element of your ability do you have to work on most right now? Yeah, so I've I've described myself as the one. I've mentioned that in, in many um interviews and stuff that I've been a one dimensional uh player but I've been I've been working especially during our uh combine training I was working with um Nathan O'Neill down in Fort Myers Florida who's worked with a lot of NFL guys and he's taught me that I need power you know as a young defender defensive end I thought that running around a guy was the only thing that was the best way to get to the quarterback which it is don't get me wrong but you have to have a switch up and I was only running around people the whole time, which was, you know, on tape. It was making it really easy for tackles. Like, they know that I'm going to run around and I'm not going to try to put hands on. So I've been I've been working on long arm stuff, a lot more power, and I've been throwing it in there a lot. So I think, I think I've been, you know, I think it's going to be really good. Talking with Dominic Robinson, the fifth-round draft pick out of Miami of Ohio, of the Chicago Bears, who – is a converted quarterback and converted wide receiver, and now he's a pass rusher. But, Dominic, I want you to recall, because I think the story goes, you once were also a punter, and didn't you have a punt <laughs> into the back of a teammate, and it's now referred to on YouTube as the butt punt. The butt punt. The butt punt. Man, let me tell you, I'm, I was a good punter. I have been punting since middle school. I get to high school, you know, the coach, he wanted somebody, the quarterback, to be the punter. So I'm like, all right, I could do that. You know, I've been punted before. So that game, that whole game was just horrible. That was our first. So two schools ended up getting combined. I went to the sec- I went to the other school. I didn't get to McKinley until my junior year because I played at the other school. They combined both schools. You got two football teams matched together and a new head coach. Our first game is against a ranked team in the state, Akron Bishop Holman. And they had dudes going all over the place, Michigan State, you know, Ohio State. Like, they were loaded. And we out there getting thumped. <laughs> and it's really late in the game. And I, I you know, the put, snap comes back. We're, I'm just trying to get the ball kicked. My guy is stepping back instead of stepping forward. And now you, you got a shank punt going into the back of this guy's butt. 
and it goes in the air. Dude catches it and scores a touchdown. And I, after that, it was like, man, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Does your experience as a quarterback inform in any way the way that you pursue the quarterback? In other words, do you, having played the one position, do you know what you didn't like from pass rushers? Actually, uh, no. I, I, I would say I learned a little more at wide receiver than I did at quarterback. In high school, it was a my system was basically like I knew where I was throwing it before the snap even happened. Um, I always say had I had I known the information that I knew with the two months that I sat in the quarterback room at Miami in in high school, it would have been a I would have been a dog. <laughs> I would have been crazy good, but. I just didn't have that information, so no, not really. So, Dominique, you're long, you're lean, you're, you're athletic, and, and I think body type-wise, you might remind some people in Chicago of Leonard Floyd, uh, who was a pass rusher, first-round draft pick of the Bears, had a pretty good r- run here, now with the Rams, certainly, and I understand, have you been watching Leonard Floyd pass rush videos? I have, I have. I love his cross shot. He he uses that cross shot so good, and I I'm trying to take that, take what he does with that, and use it myself. But I have. I've been studying him a little bit. People say that you really kind of started flashing how good you could be at the Senior Bowl, and that you know your practices there and your performance there really is what captured the attention of the NFL. Did did you did you feel you played any better at, at in the Senior Bowl uh, in the in that week of practices than you had as a senior? Did something click for you? Was there anything different that you were doing, or was it just a, a question of people seeing you against more talented players and watching how your speed and and the how you flashed? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's a mix of both. I say that because. I I went into the senior bowl like I said I've been working with I've been working with Nathan O'Neill he's been telling me I need to use power to be able to switch it up so I went into the senior bowl like I'm going to show everybody that I can use power or at least attempt to use power you know and I tried to do that and I did that a few times and then I was able to switch it up to speed and I got you know it, it opened up but I also it also was the you know ability to go against different different talent you know in the mac you i played against uh bernard and raymond at central played against filele at minnesota but i didn't get any any regular rushes against him much because we stunted a lot so being able to do that stuff against those guys you know it helped and dominic as a former ball state football player i saw you play against the cardinals uh, as well and i'm glad you're gone so i'm glad you're in chicago <laughs> because of the damage that you did uh, in Muncie uh, on more than one occasion. So what was your impression of, of rookie minicamp? What did you, what stood out and what kind of impression do you think that you made in your first weekend as a professional? Yeah. So honestly, I loved it. It was, it was a great, great experience to get back into football. You know, uh, the defensive staff is great. Uh, We didn't install anything crazy. They wanted us to play fast. It's kind of like, kind of was like the senior bowl where, you know, they wanted us to play fast, so that first day was a little – it wasn't rough, you know, but, you know, having not played football in so long, I've been training now, you know, in my, in my off season, but having not played football in, in so long, you had to get readjusted to striking somebody and not a pad, you know, having actually put hands on a, on a body. But 
after that first day, man, it got real smooth. You know, I had something I wanted to work on after each practice, and I did that. Uh, I did that in the next practice. Okay, so quarterback, punter, uh, <laughs> wide receiver, edge rusher. Are you done? Are you staying at this <laughs> position? Do you move somewhere else in the league? What, what the heck are you doing this next? Tight end. <laughs> I believe I believe that this is the last move. I don't know. If, I don't know if I if I'll be able to move again. <laughs> I don't well, know if the quarterback's going to be able yeah. to move again either. <laughs> great, Dominique, hey, great catching up with you, man. As we said, you are you stand. I mean, I think I like the rookie class. I like a lot of the athleticism, and and certainly there is an opportunity here. But your story is just phenomenal, and and you got a lot of. Fans in Chicago already. A lot of people can't wait to see you play this year. We're pulling for you. Yes, sir. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. As Bears rookie rusher, or uh, I should say pass rusher, Dominique Robinson on the Mully and Haw show. And, yeah, I mean, it's he's a great prospect. I mean, he has admitted like, on draft day, I was there. And he straight up said, he was asked, you know, how raw are you? He says, I'm really raw. <laughs> so you don't usually hear players admit it. Ryan Pohl said the same thing. He's raw. So he is what you call a project. That's what Dominic Robinson is. Um, you know, he's later rounds, fifth round pick. If if he works out, you got yourself kind of a steal and a gem, and you look really good because that he is a relatively risky pick. I mean, there is no slam dunk with Dominic Robinson, but he is a phenomenal athlete who is kind of in the in the body type of a Leonard Floyd. And as a matter of fact, you know, we were told that uh, I think it was. Um, I think it was Dominic Robinson himself, actually, who said that he has been studying tape of Leonard Floyd. That was one of the people because he was told to. He was. He said, this is a guy that you should emulate in terms of your body type and what you can do and what can be done at your size and strength and potential skill level. So he's definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on. For, for this. I mean, I can't sit here and say he's going to come out and have some r- breakout rookie season or even be a revelation at the NFL level, but it definitely is fascinating and it'll be interesting to see. When we return here on Score Overnight, let's take let's get out the old bear schedule and go through it and look at what could be some hot spots on this schedule, what could be some cool areas. We'll do a breakdown of the Bears schedule coming up next. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Let's get back to more Mark Grody on Score Overnight on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Cubs 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. The pitch, line drive, a blue base hit down the right field line. Cubs will take the lead as Wisdom comes around to score. RBI single by Frank Schwindel. Cubs break the tie. They lead the Diamondbacks 3-2 here in the ninth. 
Yeah, big credit to Patrick Wisdom, too, for leading off that ninth inning for the Cubs with the double that uh, brought up Frank Schwindel for that single to right field. And the Cubs go on to beat the Diamondbacks and win that series. Final score yesterday, Cubs 3, Diamondbacks 2, is heard right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I am Mark Grody. The big deal in that game, though, Justin Steele, man, 10 strikeouts. It just get, It's just another dude to circle and say, okay, I'm going to pay attention to him. I'm paying attention to Seiya Suzuki. I'm paying attention to Kyle Hendricks. Um, you know, I'm paying attention to Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom. That you got to have things on this team because winning is not going to be the thing, even though they have won two straight series. I'm going to, hey, I'm going to pay attention to Marcus Stroman. You know, I, that, that that's a guy they, they spent for. So Justin Steele moves into that circle of watch for me for the Cubs because 10Ks against a pretty good Arizona team, that's that's pretty cool. And and the Cubs have won four of their last six after that 3-14 and 14 stretch, so they are winning more. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the phone number here on Score Overnight to call or to text. The top text message right now, as in at the very top of my screen here, says, Mark, can you please tell me why the Bears let punter um, – go i assume that that you're missing the word pat o'donnell um pat o'donnell go to the green bay packers and that comes from duke from elgin i'll be honest with you i have not asked that question it has not made my question depth chart for ryan poles it just hasn't but i guess i suppose that the reason is that the bears don't want to go over two million dollars for their punter and that's what He's getting in Green Bay. It's not a huge difference from what what Pat O'Donnell in 2021 got 1.7 mil though. He's getting 2.1 million with Green Bay this year, and then next year he gets 1.9 million. So he's going to make more with the Green Bay Packers than he had been making with the Bears. The only thing I could think of is that they were like, "Look, we ain't paying our punter two million dollars." And I'm sure that, I mean, with all of the things that Ryan Poles is doing to this team, punter probably is just obsolete in his head. And then they did draft a punter in in Trenton Gill. But, you know, hey, I, I understand the question. Pat O'Donnell's a very good punter, very good punter, very productive with the Bears, been around a long time, you know, been, had been around since 2014. Um, and he's made himself... You know, hey, punting lifestyle, if you could last long, we always talk about backup quarterbacks and the Chase Daniel effect, which we all obsessed over how much money he was making. <laughs> you make a pretty damn good lifestyle, too. If you could be a, a productive punter, like be a not bad punter, and Pat O'Donnell, for the most part, has been a very good punter. He's made he's made $9.2 million over his career that he's been able to bank. And after the next two years, it would be $13 million. And, you know, I imagine that he will continue to punt even after the next uh, couple of years. So it's good to be Pat O'Donnell, and um, we'll see how uh, Trenton Gill does. So much for that. The White Sox lost to the Yankees 5-1. We'll, we'll get more baseball talk cranking up a little bit later on here on Score Overnight. But I do want to go through the Bears' schedule because I haven't really had a chance to talk about this with anybody on the radio as of yet. And we know the Bears open their season September 11th when they host the San Francisco 49ers a noon game. Um, I'm not going to put wins and losses on these games, but I am going to tell you I'm, I'm just going to say 
I'm worried about the home opener or the season opener for the Bears. A lot of it is based on what what San Francisco was able to do last year against the Bears in a 33-22 win at Soldier Field. And we're talking about a defense last year that was probably more talented pound for pound, player for player, than it is this year. And they did not look good against San Francisco last year. That was, remember, that was the Debo Samuel game, the the 83-yard screen pass and run towards the end of the game and where, you know, people, as if they hadn't already, but were really, their eyes were really opening to Debo Samuel at that time, and they got burned. And then Jimmy Garoppolo putting a, you know, a couple of big running touchdowns and going crazy when he got into the end zone. So, I mean, the Bears got handled pretty easily at Soldier Field with that team against that quarterback, that injured average quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. So I am worried about the opener for the Bears. I am also very concerned about the Bears' Week 2 game at Green Bay, a Sunday nighter. I don't think I really need to go into detail about my concerns of that. You know, they, they lost twice last year to Green Bay. The ownership game, the 24-14 loss in Chicago, where Aaron Rodgers gets into the end zone and, and, and he's let the world know that he still owns us. And then they just get embarrassed in Green Bay, 45-30. to So I, I not, no more to say about that than I am very concerned. VC, VC for the September 18th game at Green Bay. The Bears will beat Houston on September 25th. That's a Houston team still in chaos, 4-13. Lovey Smith is the head coach. Um, Let's see, October 2nd, the Bears are at the New York Giants. Will Daniel Jones still be the quarterback of the Giants by the time that game rolls around? Giants are in chaos, um, too. They were 4-13 a season ago. I will put that game as a draw, though, in terms of the way I'm thinking about it. I, I don't have a great case for the Bears necessarily winning that game. Um, I think that the Giants will be at a point, too, where they're like, oh, well, the Bears are here good. We can get a win here. So I got that as a draw. The October 9th game at Minnesota, a Vikings team which was 8-9 and nine last year. I always find Minnesota to be – one of the more complicated teams to figure out in the preseason because they always have weird drafts, whether a couple of years ago where they drafted like 16 players just because of all the trades they made. And then so they leave this sort of ambiguous feeling to their team. You know, Kirk Cousins always makes me feel like I don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to do. Sometimes he looks like the best quarterback in the league. Sometimes he looks like the worst. So and it's just it's difficult to for me to pick what's going to happen with the Bears and Vikings. The Bears were swept by Minnesota last year. They lost in Chicago 17-9 to and lost in Minnesota 31-17. to I'm going to put that game down as I have no idea. Um, the October 13th game, the Bears will be hosting Washington on a Thursday night. Ron Rivera's team will be in town. I definitely like the Bears to, to take that game. The October 24th Monday night football game at New England, that's going to be interesting because I really wonder where at that point in the season, where what will Justin Fields be looking like? Moreover, what will Mac Jones be looking like, the quarterback of the New England Patriots? Does, does Mac Jones 
does he take the next step up, or was he just so well protected last year by Bill Belichick? And now when he lets his little deer go off on his own and do more things, will Mac Jones be fully exposed? I am anxious to know that answer, and we're all anxious to know what the answer is on Justin Fields. So that has a chance to be a fascinating quarterback matchup between Justin Fields and Mac Jones, obviously two guys who were drafted in the same class um, two years ago. October 30th, a noon game at Dallas and Dak Prescott and company. Dallas is a terrific regular season team. I am worried about that. And then I worry about the Cowboys in the postseason. Very, I'm putting VW, very worried about the Bears in Dallas. November 6th, this is an interesting game. The Bears host Miami on that day. Just like with Mac Jones, I also wonder, well, actually I should say Daniel Jones. I wonder, will Tua Tugaviola be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins at by November 6th? You know, because they're putting talent around him. So now the expectation goes sky high. How much patience will they have with Tua? So that's a team that, based on that, that, that could be a team that could be in chaos too if they don't surge this year considering what they've signed and considering that you have a quarterback in his third year or fourth year with Tunga Viola because he has to appear this year. He has to. like he, He's on the clock now. So I'm very interested to see what he is like at that time. So that game is kind of a draw for me right now. Um, okay, November 13th, the Bears host Detroit. They will win. It'll be the same old Detroit Lions because here's what, and I haven't like heard it yet, but I'm sure it's been out there. Um, but we get the usual preseason and early season. This is not the same Lions team. This team is different. Look out for the Lions. They're my dark horse. That's what we're going to hear about the Lions. And and they're fully armed this year because of the two you know, first-round picks with Aiden Hutchinson and the wide receiver Jamison Williams. That leaves the door wide open for everybody to do the Detroit thing and be like, no, this is not going to be a 3-13 and team this year because Dan Campbell has, like, real players on the team this year. The Bears will beat Detroit, and Detroit maybe will have five wins this year. Um, the November 20th game, the Bears will be at in the ATL. They um, have their rookie quarterback, Desmond Ritter. They're just going to give him the football. Um, they got the Drake. They got the Drake. Drake London, the USC wide receiver. That's a 7-10 and 10 team last year. I feel pretty good about the Bears winning that game at Atlanta. They, they play pretty well in Atlanta. Um, so I'm going to go with them. I also have the Bears beating the Jets on November 27th. AFG, feel good at the Jets. Why wouldn't you? They're 4-13 and last year, and I don't see any reason for big improvement for them. Um, another game on December 4th um, against Green Bay. You know how I feel about that. I don't feel good about that. December 18th, the Bears host Philadelphia. I um, think the Eagles will win. December 24th, the Bears are hosting the Buffalo Bills. That's uh, Mitch Trubisky's ex-team. They are um, way better than the Bears at this point. So I'm going to uh, so I'm going to say the Bears are going to lose. BL Bears lose. They'll get another win January 1st at Detroit, and 
here you go. January 8th, day before my birthday, yo. The Bears host Minnesota. It's a Sunday game. Time to be determined still. The Bears will win. And there you have it. Sorry I had to kind of rush through the, the last few, but we are up against a break. And um, when we return, there were some there was something that Tony LaRusso said that was hilarious. And, oh, man, there was one extraordinarily interesting baseball game outside of the Cubs and White Sox yesterday. We'll talk about it next and take your calls. What's your reaction to my schedule breakdown and anything else that you've heard here on Score Overnight? 312-644-6767 is the number. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Score Overnights on Sports Radio 670, The Score. What's going on? Mark Crody with you. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Score Overnight, 312-644-6767. Texter says from the 312, have the Bears at 7 and 10. Vegas has the over-under at 6.5. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems right, man. And that, I would say, yeah, I think the Bears will win about six and a half games this year. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I go over. I probably go over on that. I could see them winning seven or eight games, maybe something like that. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's a perfect spot to set the over under at six point five. Tom in Algonquin is on the score. Hello, Tom. You got the wrong time. You got time from Hoffman Estates. Oh my God! I'm sorry, Tom. You're not mad at me, are you? That's yeah, Sean Sears. That's well, it's on as Sean long Sears. as Frank don't come up my way calling me a moron, I guess I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Let's get it right here. I think it was Tom that called Frank a moron, and then and then um, Frank invited him to come out on I-80 for a fight. So I think I just want to make sure we have that straight. Well, that's all right, but we got it straight. But let's get to the most important thing, Mark. Yes, sir. We have nothing. We have nothing to worry about. We have to do better than last year. The schedule is much better this year than it was last year. That's true. That's because the Bears were not a winning team last year, so they get a little bit of an easier schedule, so it seems. But I don't know. I try not to fall for that too much. The old. They have an easy schedule because there's always one or two teams every year in the NFL that overachieves. And, you know, then there's the teams, too, that are supposed to be good that underachieve. So it's like it's kind of a reckless exercise to say, oh, the Bears have a, they have a light schedule. they got to win this year because you and I both know, Tom, it just doesn't work that way in the NFL. No, it don't. But the point I was trying to make is at least we will have uh, some home games back-to-back. We won't have one road, one away, one road, one away. It's hard to get any continuity that way. It's incredible how that worked out last year where it literally that's what it was. I don't, I, I, well, I would like to meet that guy that came up with that schedule because that was an impossible schedule to deal with. Oh, it was so weird, man. You're right. There was no continuity. There was no like here's here's a, here's a three game homestand, so to speak, and you got a chance to take two out of three on it or win all three. You're right. It was weird, man. Yeah, 
it was one of those years that, and then you ended up playing the Super Bowl champs, right? Just right off the bat. So, you know, that was not a good thing. The whole nation got to see us right off the bat. Yeah, well, you, not only did you play the Super Bowl champs in week one, you played the Super Bowl opponent in week two in Cincinnati. So, I mean, and, and, there, and there is an example there of, I mean, who picked the Rams to win this? Not that they were like, like this drastic underdog, but there were a lot of people who picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Certainly weren't a lot of people who picked Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl. So those are two good examples right off the bat of you never know what the teams on your schedule are actually capable of doing or not doing. Right. But, you know, Mark, the, the one thing that I like to bring out when I talk about Bears football, you know it a lot better than I do, the ins and outs, but I am one to believe in time of possession. The mm-hmm. Bears' biggest strength that I feel in our division, if there is one, is our strength at running back. Yeah. Now, if we could control time of possession, get turnovers, anything could happen. You know, uh, we get eight guys coming up to stop the rush. I think uh, we could get the ball deep. Instead of trying to get the ball deep when they know we're going deep, make them come up to think we're going short, and then we could get them. Yeah, no, you're right on both. You're right on both counts, man. I mean, I talked about it earlier. Like David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert make for one of the strongest, maybe if not the strongest position group as we look at it right now here in May. One of the strongest position groups on the team for sure. To the point where I was talking, I mean, people are excited about Treston Ebner, the rookie out of Baylor, but I don't see him getting a whole lot of action in the backfield. He's going to have to earn his way in other ways on the team with those two guys needing the football now. The turnover thing, yeah, I mean, it, with a different, hopefully, you know, a different mentality on defense where they return to a more gang tackling and value getting turnovers and all of that kind of stuff, that that hopefully that does change things. But the talent level on the defense has diminished a little bit compared to last year so far. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, we are in a position right now where I don't think anybody expects anything from the Bears this year, to be totally honest with you, Mark. I mean, I really – and this is a type of a year like – well, I can see them winning week one, but then we got a nationally televised game on week two. So Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to pick the Bears to beat Green Bay at Green Bay. It really is. Well, I agree with you, but, I mean, that would go a long way, Mark. You know, a divisional win, you will agree with me on this. This is like two wins when you can get one. You know, so, I mean, I'm hoping for the best, but uh, you know we're behind it a little bit, but that's all right. You know, I mean, uh, I I, well, I do believe that – we could attack them with the ground. I think, what were we, sixth or seventh in running the ball last year, Mark? Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it certainly got better towards the end of the year. I when... think it was pretty close. <laughs> I I think I was pretty close there, Mark. I mean, we I, had yeah, two Yeah, bags. it sounds right. It sounds right. You know, but, uh, I mean, we got to pick a – I did not like to see our punter go, though. You know, that is such a weapon. You know, <laughs> you, you hate to have to think of it that way, but yeah. Pa- hey, look, Pat O'Donnell was a very good punter. He really was. You know, he's mega punt. 
Um, and we'll see how Trenton Gill is. I mean, when you invest in a punter as a draft pick, albeit in the seventh round, you, you better you better be good. So hopefully they know what they're doing with the next guy up. They get him obviously on a rookie contract as opposed to having to pay the guy over $2 million, which Pat O'Donnell will get in Green Bay. But, I mean, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, man. I mean, Mark. I mean, I mean, for the the money that's marginal, I just think that uh, for whatever reason, I believe this. I just feel like that's a weapon that Green Bay picked up that's going to help them. It made yeah. them better. I, that I, I agree. I agree. And some people believe in punting more than others in terms of that being a quote unquote weapon. But Pat O'Donnell's one of the better punters in the NFL. And Tom, thank you for the call, my friend. Have a great night. Okay. Take care. Um, that's Tom right there. Uh, I got to get to this baseball thing here. The, the, cause I keep meaning to discuss it and, and, and I just haven't the Cincinnati Reds combined for a no hitter today against Pittsburgh. How about that? Hunter green, one of their, their hot shot rookie starting prospect and old art Warren, they allowed no hits. It's a complete game. There's a butt coming, though. You knew it. You knew that there would be a butt to the story. There's a kicker. The Cincinnati Reds did not win the game. The Pirates win the game in which they were no hits. Pirates won. Reds, nada. And that's because in the eighth inning... Three Pirates batters walked, and then there was a simple little ground out. RBI ground out, run scores, one to nothing. Pittsburgh shuts the door on the hits, but it is the, excuse me, the Reds, but it is the Pirates that win the game. Crazy. One of those odd baseball occurrences happening yesterday. So... I mean, the Reds got to be excited about Hunter Green. And they probably don't really, neither of those teams really cares that much, but they definitely get to be part of something incredibly quirky right there. Um, to the text messages, 312-644-6767. Mark, Les Grobstein was into astronauts and lunar eclipses. Do we have one of those going on tonight? Is there something lunar happening? I thought there was an early text or two. Um, I'm not sure. So much for that. Uh, less like the movie The Right Stuff and Apollo 13. Did you ever see them? What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Yeah, I've seen them both. I think Apollo 13 is great. I don't remember The Right Stuff that well. I think Apollo 13 is like in that class of movies, you could pick it up and watch it anywhere. Favorite Tom Hanks movies? Um, God, that's tough, man. I would say, actually, I just watched a, finished watching a uh, Tom Hanks movie earlier last night. The Post, where he pay, plays uh, Ben Bradley, the great editor from the Washington Post. That was good. I think maybe Castaway. Castaway is great. And Castaway is also, to me, it is that movie. My God. It might have one of the saddest scenes in cinema. When we talk about, like, the saddest moments in movie history, when Tom Hanks gets back off the island finally... And he goes back over to Helen Hunt's house just to, you know, 
to hang out with her in this understandably awkward situation where they haven't seen each other for 10 years. She thought he was dead. She gets remarried, you know, had kids, I think, all this stuff. And there's this, like, helpless feeling while they're talking. And then they go out to the car, and it's raining, and she runs out there, and they're sitting in the car together. And then, you know, that she's pouring her heart out. He's pouring his heart out. And then they both realize, like, he pulls out with her, and then he pulls back in and realizes it can't happen. There's no, like, they cannot be together. And they both know it. He knows it. She's got a husband. He respects that. But my God. You know what? I'm putting it down. That is the saddest scene in movie history. Okay? Uh three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. One more text here. So how about the NBA playoffs? Celtics blew out the Bucks. Ditto the Mavericks who crushed the Suns in Phoenix. Embarrassed them. Um, yeah, man, the couple of game sevens, Boston over Milwaukee, 109 to 81. Boston will play Miami in the East finals. Dallas over Phoenix, 123 to 90. Dallas will play Golden State in the West finals. Indeed. How about that? Last question before we take the break. Any thoughts on the USFL? Nope. Let's take a break. 312-644-6767. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.